Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, facilitator of all things turn on, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and lift the veil. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I'm your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have a completely seeing guest. Her name is Melanie Mideggs. Originally from Australia, Melanie has been living in Bali, Indonesia for over six years. She's a psychosomatic therapist, expert face reader, artist, and teaches chakra philosophy for business and the modern world. Melanie has read well over 700 faces and taught thousands of visionaries from around the globe on how to shift through the, sift through the noise of strategy to create a business and or legacy that is unique and in true alignment to their individuality. She's the CEO of the Institute of Entrepreneur Artistry, where she's taught the business chakra system since 2014, a system that's been created as an easy access and accessible bridge that links Eastern philosophy to Western business practices. Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm so excited to be here speaking with you today. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Now, everyone will know because I say it all the time, excitement is my favorite sensation. It is my, like, it gets my yes straight away. So when you got on before we first record and said that you're excited, I'm like, yes, this is very good. It is such a good feeling. I love it. What's your take on excitement? Oh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm all about how we feel in every moment and being able to recognize that. And I always find that the flow and the most, I don't know, opportune type of moments appear when we're in that more excited space, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Not just excitement, but just what's in flow, how we can be in alignment, because you know all about that. But before uh, we go there with what it is that you do, and how it is that you serve, because I'm dying to ask and to know more. And I've kind of, to be honest, like I've saved it up for the podcast. Like I haven't gone snooping because I'm like, I just want to ask the questions. Sure. Like from that, like from that really kind of naive, like, I don't know, just tell me what it is that you do. I didn't want like, I didn't want too many spoiler alerts. So I just wanted to, you know, bask in what it is that you do and ask, um, ask questions the way that any of my listeners might ask about what it is that you do. But before we go there, I was wondering if we could talk about bathroom store moments because we always... I knew you were going to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) You knew. uh, You knew. uh, Because you've listened in, you've tuned in. So there's, um, yeah, every guest, I always ask about the bathroom store moments. And Mm -hmm. Melanie, I define them as 
those moments in which you're trying to hold it all together as everything feels like it's falling apart. And depending on where you're at, it's like, I want to be seen and I want to be simultaneously invisible, like no one look at me. I'm just wondering, have you ever had one of those moments in your life, keeping in mind it doesn't have to happen in a bathroom stall, it can happen anywhere? Most definitely. I've had plenty of these moments. Um, The one I think I'll share with you is probably the one where all my work started from, actually. Mm. Um, But just quickly before I tell you that, I'm living in Ubud, Bali, and I don't know if you've, I mean, I'm sure you have uh, seen the movie Eat, Pray, Love or read the book. I -hmm. feel like I've had those bathroom and kitchen floor moments here so many times <laughs> oh the kitchen um, forgotten about the kitchen yeah those ones a bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but the one that really uh shifted my whole world and you know took me down the path of face reading psychosomatics and all those sorts of things um was when I was turning 29 it was my 29th birthday and I was I was in such a Uh, really lonely, isolated, difficult place personally. Like it was like all of my friendships were shifting, um, dynamics were shifting, work dynamics were shifting, and I just didn't know how I fit into that anymore. Like I was really struggling with that. And um, unbeknownst to me, I had some addictions playing out that I wasn't aware of and it all kind of came to a head at that point. Um, And I went out for my birthday. I did the whole, you know, come and let's go out for dinner and all that sort of thing. And I'd never felt so lonely sitting around, you know, a big table full of friends uh, before in my life. And then after the dinner, we went across the road to the pub, as you do. And um, slowly but surely, like everyone started going home and, you know, I had no one to go home to. There was nothing really there. So I sort of stayed to the end. And then um, I ended up you know, going home with some guy at the end of the night. Now, this had been my pattern for a long time. Mm. And, um, and it, but it was horrible. It wasn't, you know, that pattern started off as fun and, you know, the excitement of meeting a guy and all that sort of thing and just, you know, fooling around. And over, I think it had been about seven years by that point, it just felt like um, a real neediness to feel love and to feel um, connected to someone so I went back to this guy's house and, you know, uh, we slept together. And I remember waking up that morning and looking at him and I was just like, what have you done? Like I, it was just a, I don't know, just a moment where I was just like, just get me out of here. And I mm-hmm. couldn't have gotten out of there quicker. And I remember running down because, you know, we're all in the same suburb. I was running home and I had tears streaming down my face and I ran into my bedroom and I sat on my bed and I was just like, what? what is wrong with me? Like what is going on? Because I just didn't understand why I was making the decisions I was making. Um, And that was really a big pivot point. And then I remember I did call my auntie who was someone that I really trusted at that time, but I couldn't even get the words out because I couldn't even describe exactly what was happening. All I knew was Mm. that I was the common denominator. Mm. That's what I'd worked out in that moment. I was the common denominator and something that was in me was causing me to create these bad decisions that was not fulfilling me at all originally it was and now it was doing the complete opposite of just making me feel lower and lower so yeah that 
absolutely was probably my deepest, darkest bathroom store moment. Yeah. That's huge. That one sounds really pivotal to your growth. And what I appreciate about what you just shared at the end was that what was fulfilling you or fulfilling a desire or fulfilling a need, how it how it flipped to become the opposite thing, how mm-hmm. it flipped to become, would you say destructive? I'm not sure what how you'd put it, but something that almost certainly wasn't serving you. Yeah, destructive for sure. And even just deteriorating, like there's no growth when you feel that way about yourself. Mm. And then you're the one that caused yourself to feel that way. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, yeah, a real double bind for sure. Yes, double bind. Yeah, yeah, Mm. really good way of putting it. And Melanie, what? how did you, you called someone close to you, you were struggling to articulate. What do you recall of how you moved through from that bathroom store moment in your life? Yeah. So I realized I was the common denominator. At that point, I actually didn't understand that it was a sex and love addiction. Um, I had never even heard of that before. And um, it yeah, I had no one to talk to about it. So basically I just focused on bettering myself and basically uh, made small decisions like not going to the pub as much, you know, not doing those things that were causing me to to make these bad decisions. And I really started um, going on like a more self-exploratory um, journey, I guess, and that started with looking after my body. So I started seeing a naturopath and she really helped me to get physically back on track and, you know, more in tune with, um, you know, how I am as a woman and my periods and all those sorts of things. Mm. And I felt fantastic. And that was so great. Like I was thinking about it the other day, it's like her helping me in that way actually gave me the courage and the inspiration to start going down my own healing path, mm. which is now what I share with everybody else. Mm. And so it was, and I, I think, perhaps that's where a lot of us start is with our body because it's tangible. It's like, okay, I'll focus on just, you know, getting physically better in myself um, and then see what sort of happens from there. Mm. So that, that occasion, that bathroom store moment was instrumental in creating a chain reaction to what you're doing now. Absolutely, because I ended up studying naturopathy. That's how it all started (laughs) right back then. And, you know, I started studying naturopathy because I was like, yes, I want to be a naturopath and make other people feel this great. Um, But then I realised it's like starting to be a doctor and I was like, "Mm, (laughs) that's not really (laughs) why. Um, I like your honesty. Yeah, I was like, I'm not an academic. Like this is science, physics, all this stuff. This is not my gig. Um, I'm much more tangible. So that's where I swapped over to massage therapy. And um, so I became a remedial massage therapist, which was fantastic. And I was really good at that. But when I was massaging people on the table, I was always like, there's more to the body than this. I was just like, there's got to be something more to you know to how we're built not just about muscles and tendons and all that sort of stuff Mm. um and by that stage and so I started studying when I was in uh Sydney actually 
And then I decided to move to Brisbane via Spain and Portugal. <laughs> <I'm a> little... <laughs> Naturally. That's, I mean, that's the way I go back to Brisbane when I leave Sydney. <laughs> I always go to Spain and Portugal. <laughs> well, it was really interesting because I kind of wanted to wipe the slate clean, I guess, mm. you know, from that, you know, whole story of addiction and things, which I still hadn't got clarity from that perspective, um, but just wanted to start over. and. Um, when I landed in Brisbane, it was like that trip to Spain and Portugal was my, you know, this is your last trip overseas because I'd been an avid traveller throughout my 20s as well, spending about three or four years overseas during that time. And um, and I was like, right, do your last trip, get back to Brisbane, get a good job, find a man, you know, get a house, do what you're supposed to do and just get your life back on track. And so... When I landed in Brisbane, um, it was the global financial crisis and I could not find mm. a job anywhere. There were so many of these like hurdles, like one thing after another. Um, but I managed to, I was working in a, as a massage therapist. I managed to find um, some, uh, some work, even though I had to take a massive pay cut and all sorts of things. Um, and slowly but surely it all came together and I did meet a guy and, you know, we were um, in a really solid relationship and we got a house and all those sorts of things. But deep down, I wasn't truly happy. Like I was trying to make my life what I thought it should look like and what, you know, society says life mm. should look like, which is what started the whole addiction thing in the first place. Um, and then so during that time, that's when I founded Psychosomatics. That was like the missing link. And then that's when the whole world kind of, did a 360 again and set me on the path of what I am now. Um, okay. The same week that I did my final psychosomatic training and I'd left my nine to five, I also my, I broke up with my partner that week. Like it was kind of, it was probably on the cards, but it wasn't really planned or expected. <laughs> and so it was like in one week, everything changed. And then, you know, now I'm seven years later, I'm in Bali. So it's like, I think the notion of really, looking at yourself, self-inquiry, you know, mm. doing the work to understand yourself deeply allows you to create what you really want, you know, mm. and to have those honest conversations with yourself. Mm. Most definitely. And it happening, you having multiple things happen in the one week, that's not... Mm. I want to normalise that for people. I think sometimes think you do one thing and then you wait a couple of months and then you do the next thing. There's a, actually a lot of power and benefit in having that quantum growth occur, Those severing those connections, if you will, changing things up yourself and doing it, <clears throat> excuse me, doing it all in the one, like doing in one swift motion. There's, yeah. I, I don't know, do you have anything to say about you know, some people wait, I'll do this and then I'll do it incrementally. There is benefit in that approach depending on what it is. All right, but I'm also a fan of like the big let's do it, let's just do this, this, this and this and we'll lump it all together. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I'm pretty much the same. I mean, I remember a relationship, you know, 10 years before that and, I'm, you know, we were breaking up and he was just like, well, I would have given it another 12 months. And I was like, why? Like this is horrible, you know. So, I'm always for, you know, realising what needs to be done and, and to do it. But I also think the universe never gives you what you can't handle. Mm. Like, you know, I really feel like 
things just wouldn't play out. Like if you really couldn't handle something, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes that is hard to take on when everything does, you know, kind of fall apart all at once. But as you say, then that's when you start asking yourself a whole heap of different questions and um, start taking new action towards something that perhaps you really were more aligned with rather than what yes. you were creating in the first place, you know? Yes, yes. Dragging energy is very draining. Like oh. let's drag this out for a bit longer. It's like cut the cord, move on, click, click. Like I'm a big fan of clicking, like click your fingers, <laughs> move on, process, clear it out, and so you can get to the good bit. Like just waiting and waiting and let's see and or maybe in like six months, like that's such a big chunk of your life. Like that had to have that dragging, worrisome energy. It's delaying what it, what wants to come to you. It's delaying everything that you want to feel and what's going to satisfy you. So yeah. big fan of the speed up. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and to be honest, look, there are times where I still do that too. Oh, and naturally just so your human. Know, like, it's, like you're like, yeah, I've done it once. Great. Like, you know, I think you just get better at it and better at yes. recognising Agreed. You know, when to do that. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. Age and maturity and introspection and asking yourself those hard questions and living more in alignment, which I'm just about to ask you about, is um, I think certainly informs that decision-making process and that intuitive decision-making process so that you get a little bit more efficient. Yeah. Not a race, but you get more efficient. You just You just know. And yeah. you take the action because it's like, yeah, I don't want to be in the dragging energy. I don't want to be in the like plateauing, <laughs> bowie kind of, <laughs> kind of place. So I am dying to ask you, we've called this episode The Secrets Behind Every Woman's Face. So I have so many questions. <laughs> Intensely curious, totally picked my curiosity. What secrets do women's faces hold and can you share those secrets with us <laughs> oh I can I can share some secrets yeah, yeah. <laughs> some is better than none just whatever yeah. you can do <laughs> yeah sure well um yeah so as a face reader a lot of people uh haven't heard of face reading before or if they have some of them aren't quite sure what it's all about and uh, first off the bat is that face reading isn't a psychic reading or something. It's not like palm reading or, you know, looking into your future. Um, really what I'm doing when I'm doing a face reading is reading the features of your face, depending on their shape and their um, size, will tell a lot about your personality, uh, your behaviours and what are, what's holding you back. Um, your body is a complete reflection of your emotional and mental well-being on the inside. And this is what I found so fascinating when I, when I discovered this because so often, particularly as women, we, we love talking about energetics and we talk about manifestation, we talk about all these things of how we can make ourselves feel good, but sometimes um, it's hard when we can't see the energy. Like I used to get so frustrated when I would delve into a book about chakra energies and all these sorts of things, I'm like, I can't see anything. Like, you know, I'm trying to picture wheels spinning and all sorts of stuff, but I'm like, I can't see it. 
Whereas when I learnt to read the body and to read the face, and the face is actually a whole summary of everything below, so your whole body can be seen in your face, all of a sudden I was able to see those energetics and understand what I was really good at, what I needed to work on and what I needed to hold back from, uh, sorry, to work through to actually be more in my zone of genius and what um, it is that I'm here to do in the world basically. Mm. Instead of putting myself in the box of, you know, we've got to do all this to get ahead in life. You know, it's mm-hmm. really about who am I and, and, and how does my body reflect that? So um, face reading is a psychosomatic tool and psychosomatics is really connected to the chakra system. So every part of your body, like I'm talking like when you look at your, you know, your little finger on your left-hand side, you've got those three sections to that little finger. Those three sections all mean something different and it's all related to a different chakra energy. Mm. Um, each, each feature of your face is related to a different chakra energy. So it will share insights about the emotional aspects of that chakra, that particular area of life that's related to that chakra energy and also the belief systems that are there too. So for me, psychosomatics was like the uh, the connector. It was like connecting all the dots to all of this information that I already was kind of aware of, but allowed me to use my body to know what to work on first. Because also, it can sometimes feel quite overwhelming when it's like, yeah, okay, I need to fix my life up. Everything's just turned upside down. But where do I start? What do I start with first? And so the face reading allows you to know where to start what Mm. to work through and sort of how to go on from that point oh I love that I love that that's I I love that because that is what stops so many people from starting is where do I start it's like people come to this realization I've had a bathroom storm moment I've had a dark night of the soul I need help I need support where do I even start with all of this? And even as a facilitator, it can be where can I start? But as someone who knows about the body, you can start with a very obvious place, a place that's always showing up in the world. I love that. I love that. And have you found, Melanie, that there's a common, when people are stuck in in their lives or not, not my favourite term, but when people are feeling like, there's no momentum. I don't feel like I'm growing. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit lost in myself. I need to, I need to reclaim my identity. Do you find that there's a common uh, blockage within one of the chakras of the face that is, you know, present in a lot of people? Yes, definitely the first three chakras. Yep, that's where most of the work needs to happen. Yeah. In moments of feeling that, you know, procrastination or not being able to move forward, definitely the base chakra um, is where that will be kept as well. Um, And that's why, like, I always talk about the lower three chakras being your base chakra, sacral chakra and solar plexus. These are the most materialistic chakras is what I say. Mm-hmm. Anything above that, it becomes more etheric and it does become more energetic. But those lower three chakras are so connected to how we are in the material world that if we haven't worked those out, it is really hard to to keep going. And that's why, you know, when we do our manifestation processes and things like that, it's like 
you can get up there and feel really high and, you know, feel connected to that vision or whatever it is you want to create. But if you haven't really done the work in those lower three chakras, it's going to be really difficult for that manifest to come true mm. or to, to appear in your life, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so those three lower three chakras most definitely. Yeah, and when you're looking at someone's face, is the lower three, does it go from the chin um, the chin on their face to about their nose, the kind of root sacral solar plexus, is that where those chakras are located on the face? Yeah, so your solar plexus is reflected in your chin, the shape of your chin. Ah. I mean, sorry, what did I say? Did I just solar say plexus. Sorry, I meant to say base chakra. Base, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> base chakra is related to your chin. Yep. Um, your sacral chakra is related to your mouth Ooh. and your solar plexus is related to your nose. Oh, yeah. I like that the sacral chakra is related to your mouth. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such an, such an organ of sensuality. Like, of course, yeah. like now that you're saying, I'm like, of course, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> of course it's not like the side of your eyebrow. It's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I love that. Is there anything that you can tell me about my face so the listeners can connect to what this might be like, um, you know, to have a reading or to be seen in this way? Sure. Well, the most obvious is your mouth, right? When the one of the things, uh, and everyone does face read uh, subconsciously, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, your mouth is one of the dominant features on your face. Like even when I, you know, look at uh, your website and go to your Instagram and things like that, you know, you've always got this beautiful red lipstick on, you've got a really large mouth as well. So it's like, you're very, it doesn't surprise me that you do podcasting at all. Um, mm. Because the larger the mouth, the more open and communicative that person's going to be. Wow. Yeah. So the smaller the mouth, that person doesn't mean they can't communicate, but they may need to really trust a lot more, like have more intimate one-on-one -on -one conversations with people rather than, um, you know, sort of be like, hey, who are you? Let's have a conversation, you know, that kind of thing. And it's really good to kind of know these little nuances as well because, say, for example, you go to a party and, you know, and you might be like, oh, God, that person's really quiet. You might, you might want to check out their mouth and see if it's a little bit smaller or a bit tighter. And that person uh, more than likely just has difficulty in feeling relaxed in really, um, you know, sort of social environments and they actually prefer to meet people one-on-one. -on -one. So it's not that they're being standoffish and they don't want to speak to anyone. Mm. It's just their way of, you know, wanting to connect to people will be different, say, from your way, which will probably be a lot more um open and more kind of friendly in that first instance mm. ah thank you thank you for sharing yeah. that with me that's yeah that's really that's really helpful to put it in the context of oh like why are they quiet are they introverted or are they like not having a good day or that's like just another another little piece to humanize why someone might be moving through a situation a certain way. Yeah. And like face reading has taught me a new level of compassion for people mm. because I can see why they're behaving in the way that they are. And that behavior 
usually is rooted to some kind of experience that they've had in the past. So that's yeah. where it does come into your mindset and, and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Because um, even when we talk about introverts and extroverts, like I don't like talking about that too much because someone can be introverted but still very open like yourself because mm-hmm. yeah. I know you talked about that. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, that's, that seems great. But, you know, you're one of your zone of genius parts of yourself is to connect with other people, you know? So, yeah. Mm. And I feel like my face has changed quite a bit, particularly in the last, like the more expressive I become, the more I step into my zone of genius and what has me feeling excited because that's one of my turned on sensations, what has me feeling um satisfied that's my other one um very manifesting generator stuff it's like got to, it's got to be like full on and like <laughs> next thing next thing next thing um in the most luscious way I feel like my face is actually changing a little bit so is it my question to you is is it possible that the more you express yourself and explore yourself that your face actually starts to change with that change in expression Yes, absolutely. Mm. Your face changes every single day. Mm. Like depending, it's a reflection of what's going on internally. So, you know, if you're stepping more and you're stepping out of your cre- uh, your comfort zone and you're stretching yourself creatively and, you know, you're, you're pushing the boundaries on what your own personal identity is, your face will change, particularly if that is in alignment with where you where you where you need to be Mm. if it goes the opposite way the opposite can happen that's when we can turn up in the mirror and just go oh my god like what is going on like look at me you know am I I've got bags under my eyes I'm feeling tired like I you know I've had times in my life where I've looked 10 years older Mm. than I have and then other times I've looked 10 years younger all of a sudden and it's really dependent on you know what's happening internally for you Mm. Wow, this is really powerful. Um, again, lots of questions. <laughs> Once you know the, the secrets of your client, like the secrets of their energetics and what their face is showing and you listen to them and you work with them, what mm-hmm. can you actually do with that information to change how you move and how you show up in the world? Like it's like, okay, you've got a smaller mouth, you might be like what kind of suggestions do you make to clients from there about how they can liberate themselves yeah um usually the clients that do come and see me they're at some kind of pivot point you know they they may have like created a business but um they're like oh my god what have I created you know or you know realigning that or they're wanting to leave their you know their job and they're looking at different um avenues that they can go so when we do the whole face reading, and a face reading takes 60 minutes, so we really go into depth into each of these um, features, there's always a theme that comes out within that whole face reading. So um, sometimes it's more about self-care, sometimes it's more about being more creative. Um, and so whatever that theme is, then we get like a bit of a strategy of it's like, okay, so how are you actually going to um implement what we've talked about into your life because it's one thing to talk about it and it's another thing to actually um, do it and make it happen so say for example 
someone a way that I can tell if someone's creativity isn't fully coming out is by looking at that top lip because the top lip is related to your creativity and your sensuality Mm. the bottom lip is related to your communication Mm. so sometimes people will have a really full bottom lip but that top lip is um, a lot thinner and when I see that I just know that there's a lot more for them to explore creatively and sensually that will then allow that full expression to come out so particularly for women when I see that um, usually I would send them probably to someone like yourself as well yeah. to explore who they are from a sensual point of view. Um, you know, when people think of creativity, for some reason they always go back to the arts and things like that. And sure, that's one part of creativity, but creativity is birthing something new into the world. I mean, creating a business is a creative yes. you know, thing to do. Cooking dinner is a creative yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Making babies is a creative yeah. thing to do. <laughs> Making, creating, birthing, <laughs> all, yeah. of all of it, yeah. So we kind of reframe what that is. And a lot of the time people say, yeah, I've always wanted to do this or when I was a teenager I used to do this or when I was a kid I really loved doing this. And, you know, that's usually a starting point of reconnecting to those things you are naturally drawn to and allow the process to happen as well. The other thing I do in face reading is look at uh, the difference between masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So I do this thing called a face split. So your whole right-hand side of your body and your face represents your masculine energy and the whole left-hand side of your body and face represents your feminine energy. And so when I have a photo and I split that photo in half and then we mirror each side to make a full masculine face and a full feminine face, mm-hmm. it's the most powerful thing ever. It's actually, that was the catalyst to me changing my whole life, actually, that, just that photo because, again, it was reflected in the body. It wasn't just talking about this intangible energy. It was like I could see how disconnected that relationship was between my masculine and feminine and what I needed to work on more. So um, I needed to work much more on my feminine energy and understanding what that was. Yeah. At the same time, learning about my masculine and how can that actually be more supportive to my feminine energy too. Mm. So um, when I'm doing the face reading, I can kind of get an idea of what that would look like. Uh, but then that report also helps the client to really understand and see for themselves, you know, yes, I need to do so much more self-care. Or And I, it's funny, the people that I do, the clients I do it for from the, um, from the West tend to always have a more dominant masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And I've done readings for people here in Bali and it's actually the opposite. <laughs> like their feminine is actually more dominant than their masculine so you know they need to bring more structure into their life to to feel like they're getting ahead as well so there's so much you can see in the body that will just help you know where to start and how to start doing life different to get a different outcome yeah wow my mind is blown. this is so cool (laughs) right and this is like as soon as I found out about this I was like I have to share this with as many people as possible. Yeah. And it's been such a journey to do that because it's such a weird thing that people are like, what? Like I remember when I first finished uh, my training and this was back in 2012 
And I was working at Brisbane City Council actually at the time and I was like, I'm leaving. I'm going to become a face reader and I'm talking about psychosomatics. And they were just looking at me like, <laughs> you are a nutter. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? <laughs> They're like, yeah, you go and do that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and funnily enough, I've had people that I used to work with come and learn about it. Oh, know, yeah, of course. Of yeah. Course. Yeah, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. People kind of once you actually go and do the thing, people kind of climb out of the woodwork and go, "Well, actually, I was really interested. Yeah, <laughs> now like, that oh. I see you're up and running and doing it, like, what you know, what can I? Yeah, can I have a taste? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, now this question came to me this morning. I was like, "Oh, I really want to ask that." Do cosmetic enhancements in the face augment how you read someone's face and the energy it emits? You mean like plastic surgery? Yeah, Botox, yep. fillers, cheek fillers. Like how can you read someone's face if it's or if it's augmented in that way? Or their lips, the size of their lips has been augmented. I'm just really curious how that would play out because those sorts of procedures are so commonplace these days. Yes. So um, I, someone said, I actually had a client the other day. She's like, you probably realise I've got Botox. And I'm like, well, no, actually. Like I don't, I can't pick up if someone's had um, work done, but all I see is what is the result of that. So um, when someone changes the shape of their face, there's no right or wrong to it. Like, they, I, you know, if you want to do it, you can do it. And if you don't, you don't. But mm what it does is it changes the energy. So uh, that particular client, she had Botox um, around her forehead, around her eyebrows, which is where a lot of people get it done. Your eyebrows are your throat chakra. So they're related to how you communicate. And the thing that I uh, worry about when I do see that is that if you're frozen that area of your face, that it's not really moving as you're communicating, you're actually shutting down your throat chakra. So you're shutting down the ability for that energy to move. Yeah. Um, and so the truth isn't really coming out. And that was, for that particular client, that was a, a theme that kept coming up. So um, being aware of what you're doing, as I said, there's no right and wrong to it. But no, no, no. Being aware of what you're doing and what you're manipulating on your face um, is really important. And the same as you could freeze something, but you can also enhance something. So, you know, you put red lipstick on your mouth. I could never put red lipstick on my mouth. Like, that's just not, I could do that. I mean, I can, but it's just not something that I'm drawn to do. But that actually really accentuates your sacral chakra energy, as does when we put eye makeup. Your eyes are related to your heart chakra. So you're accentuating mm. your heart chakra when you do that. Mm. So you can you can do it both ways um something that's really interesting that comes up in my face reading workshops and i i didn't realize this but it was just something that people kept saying was that women who have nose jobs um because i know i think everybody has a feature of their face that they're like oh if i could change something you know it would be that you know mm. uh for me it was my nose and then when i found out what it reflected i was like oh i'm not changing that like you know <laughs> I'm keeping my nose, but I've got a bit of a Roman nose, so a bit of that that bump at the top. Um, and when you've got a Roman nose, there's a, a real kind of um, dominant leadership 
kind of aspect to yourself. So you, it's not that, sorry, dominant probably wasn't the right word to use. You just fall into that leadership role quite easily um, mm. and you can handle those situations. And in this particular workshop, I had a woman from the States, from New York, and she was a Jewish woman and she said every Jewish woman gets a nose job and actually takes that bump off. And I was like, well, isn't that interesting? Because it's actually manipulating their, not their ability to lead, uh, lead, but the perception that people will subconsciously read in your face about what it is that you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like the more we can learn about our body, the more we appreciate it. And that's the other thing that happens. People are like, oh, like I did. I was like, oh, I love my nose now. I'm going to yeah. embrace that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like highlighting what it represents on an energetic level or highlighting how some of your powers or some of your hidden or secret powers that you haven't quite access yet and really stepping into ownership with that that's what I'm like really loving about what you're saying right now yeah and I'm really careful here too because just because you have a Roman nose doesn't mean that you're just a leader Mm. Um, anybody can be a leader there's just a different style to that leadership basically Um, because there's people that have long long straight sorry straight long noses they too are very good leaders. They love taking on responsibility. Like they very naturally will fall into that too. So it, there's so many little nuances. I mean, that's why we all look different to mm. how that's really going to be playing out. If someone's got a really short uh, sort of cute button nose, those people, they tend not to really want leadership. They'd rather just have fun. <laughs> And play around. And I've, I've got a friend who has a nose like that, and she's forever going, I just don't want to do that. I just want to have fun. And I'm like, that's because you're supposed to have fun. <laughs> oh, she sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. We need that. We need the whole, we need the whole spectrum though, don't we? We need exactly. Um, yeah, I love that. And is it possible for I'm guessing I'm kind of answering my own question, but it's possible mm-hmm. for someone to have a really strong feature somewhere and then the 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 strengths of another feature um, within their face can kind of or like an area of improvement say like another area can like pick up the slack kind of of where something might not be that strong but like I don't know the mouth makes up for what their nose might not be able to like be strongest in or have the strongest expression in does that make sense like is it all is there symbiosis there where one feature can kind of help support another feature that might not feel like it's really got those strengths in that energetic area of their lives? Well, yeah, and I guess this is where, um, you know, when we talk about the chakra system and separating the chakra energies, we kind of do that to learn about each of them, but they all work in unison. So um, the way I describe that is that you know, for example, if your base chakra isn't feeling supported and isn't feeling really vibrant and strong, none of the other chakra energies above that are going to be operating at their optimal level either. Mm. So um, say, for example, for you, because your mouth is so large and the sacral chakra is quite dominant in you, it is probably a place that you needed to explore for that then to come up through your solar plexus, which is your nose, to then actually um, embody that as part of your personal identity mm. whereas perhaps before that ex- that exploration 
you knew it was there, but it wasn't really part of who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. bang on. Yeah. 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 You've read me. <laughs> <laughs> You've totally read me. Yes, that's exactly what has happened. Um, what, that's so. That's why it's so exciting because I think we're forever evolving people. We yeah. never. It's never all going to be figured out. There's always somewhere more to go and more to sort of unfold in that that space. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I totally agree. And that's what I love about being in this work is it's never the day that I say, oh, this feels complete is the day that I stop doing it. Like if I say I've reached a sense of completion and I don't feel like there's anything more to explore, well, first of all, I'm probably on my deathbed about to go (laughs) (laughs) because I am probably going to work for, um, you know, or be in this for a long time because I just love it. But I, it's the the curiosity piece and use the word unfolding, which is one of my favourite concepts and words I'm such a word nerd um (laughs) just this idea of yeah there's always more and that could overwhelm some people but it really excites me that it's like well there's more and that I could get um to reference back to your work Melanie I imagine I could get a face reading today and then get a completely different one from you as time progresses and life changes and I learn new things and I make different mistakes like that's completely possible right the the way that you read my face today will be different to a year or five years time absolutely absolutely and that's um even with those the face split analysis I was talking about before Mm, they're great to then do you know when I did my psychosomatic training we did one at the beginning of 10 days and then one at the end um, and there was change just in that 10 days. And then I've actually got one on my website. You can have a look. Um, when I was in 2012 and then I did one in 2019. And you can see how different, particularly my feminine energy is through that time because we can't necessarily change everything overnight. Some things will. Others, when we've been so wound up in those particular way of operating, it's just going to take some time yeah. to unravel that in a different kind of way, you know. So, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. It's a very good, uh, what do you call it, like navigation point of like where am I at right now? Yeah, you great know? way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, I mm. can see that. I can see how it could create a navigational point and anchor for you to come back to and just check in with how you're going and how you've implemented and integrated what you've what you've learned and, oh. yeah. It's exciting. Um, (laughs) It's exciting. Um, There's so many photographs out there now with, you know, obviously Instagram and social media. Like we're seeing people's faces a lot. Like if you follow someone, you can potentially see their face every day and have never met them. Mm -hmm. Is this constant exposure changing, even though we're not, we're not trained face readers. Is this constant exposure changing how we instinctively, intuitively read people's faces? I'm not sure if, yeah, I just had this idea of like, oh, wow, what, how is that, how is us always seeing someone changing how we intuitively see them? I'm just, yeah, yeah. just curious if you have a, a take on that. I think um, not so much in terms of how we've intuitively face read other people what I feel it might be doing for some people is allowing themselves to be seen um, and be more comfortable with that 
because and I'm just sort of thinking about when I first learned how to face read and what I noticed and I remember walking around you know through Brisbane you know the centre arcade there and everyone was just looking down like no one would look at anyone in the face like in the eyes like you walk past and everyone's sort of in their own in their own zone um and I know for me, like I used to take a lot of photos of myself on Instagram and things like that too, but it took a lot of courage to start doing that. Mm. So I'm, I don't know if that's really answering your question. I feel like yeah. it's sort of the reverse of what you're saying. It's not yeah, so much yeah. people, it's more people actually coming into who they are and allowing themselves to be seen. Uh, but then there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of other things. You could almost do a whole podcast on that. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've opened up a can of worms there. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I just find I'm, you know, I'm quite an avid social media slash Instagram user. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just, if there's ever a way I can weave in a question about it to my guests and connect it to what they do, I'm just always curious to see how it's shaping our intuition, our perspective, uh, perspective perspective of the world for for better or maybe it's causing attrition of some kind or yeah affecting our dopamine pathways I'm just always curious about that interplay of these really beautiful natural therapies like you offer like looking at someone's face and and everything that you've learned from that and then the influence of what for the most part so many of us are looking at people's faces on a screen and not um, especially when we're in lockdown, we're just we're seeing people's faces on a screen instead of um, in real life, and I find yeah. that yeah, I think that's I, a whole other episode that we'll yeah, do. Yeah, that we'll do I, on time. Yeah, I do think it's important though um, for people to feel comfortable to be seen. I think that's mm. the big thing, and that's why I think that is the positive that's come out of it. Uh, people getting used to putting themselves out there, but there's a lot of people that are still not okay with that as well. Yeah which is oh, a, yeah. it's a reflection of where people are at. Yeah. 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 I really, it's really important to me to have, you know, being seen as a big thread of the work, like being heard through the podcast and understood, but also being really seen through this work. Um, Cause I just think it changes when you're fully seen by another woman. I just feel like in particular because of the work I do and the nature of it, I just feel like it's so powerful being seen and how that can catapult your expression and your authenticity and yeah, help you to finally own who you are and reclaim all the parts of you. I just think, yeah, just think being seen is everything. So I can only imagine that your clients, when you really see their face and see their features and their qualities that um, that changes them irrevocably. Absolutely. You know, the, the way that I started face reading, um, I actually went and did a Mind Body Spirit Festival because that came up just a couple of weeks after my um, last uh, practitioner training. And then I was like, what am I going to do? And I actually had two market stalls for nine months, one at Bogo Street Markets and one at Yamundi Markets. And it was the best thing ever because there were complete strangers coming up. And this is kind of where I started trialing testing to see is this actually really working? Mm. For someone who's a complete stranger, just go, whoa, no one has ever seen me oh. or know that about me. Oh. And I can see that. You, you've just said that from my face, you know. Yeah. I still get blown away in the chills when I, when I have that happen because yeah. it's, it, it's like it's remarkable 
how much our body really reflects who we are and where we've been and what's what's potentially next you know Mm. Mm. I love it I love it Melanie I'm yeah going like goo goo gaga for this conversation okay I need to wrap it up though because I need to watch this time because I'm like (laughs) I'll just keep asking you questions otherwise um so we've talked a lot today about you know what our faces can conceal what our faces can express I'm just wondering what are three things that you would want women struggling with being their fullest selves to know I would love them to know that it's so important for you to get to know your body so Mm. important Uh, because there's a real uniqueness to everybody. That's why we're all different, you know. Um, We're not all going to be the same. Um, What else do I want them to know? Mm. Really learn about your masculine and feminine energy and what that means. Um, It's really difficult in the West, I feel, to allow yourself the time and space to get to know yourself. So the more that you can create that time and space for yourself, uh, you'll be doing yourself so much, so many favours in terms of that. Mm. Um, And lastly, I know what it's like when someone says to you to love yourself and you don't. (laughs) Like I know what that is. But just keep making little steps forward, you know, keep exploring that. I only could say I love myself about three years ago. Before that, even knowing everything that I knew, I had real difficulty in doing that. And it was it was just like slowly but surely one little step at a time and doing life different to get a different outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gorgeous. That's just beautiful. And that's the power of, which is, I'm going to give very opposite. I'm going to say something very opposite to what I said at the beginning, but that's the power (laughs) of the slow. And that's where the slow and steady is really powerful rather than the quick, okay, look in the mirror and say, I love myself and like forcing it out versus like slow and steady integration, implementation, exploration, all of those things has really, yeah. Really one of my that. one of my favorite sayings is slow down to speed up. Yeah. I've been doing that the last three years and it's yeah. been so great. So great. Like it's like you do, you catapult, you slow down and you just see what's going on. And it's almost like you accelerate yeah. further than you could have possibly thought. And then you slow down. It's it's beautiful. It's such a dance. Yeah, yeah. I love paradoxes. I live <laughs> for them. I'm yeah, just fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love I love the surprise of them. It's like you would yeah. never. Your rational brain can't handle it. It's like your brain would never understand slow down to speed up, but your body does. Yeah, your yeah. body gets it. Yeah. Your brain is just going to have a field day with that one. It can't be true. I must have to like go fast. I must have to push harder. I must have to like, you know, collapse the timeline with my, you know, with this sense of force by doing it this way. And it's just yeah. not, yeah, it's just not the way that your body responds best to make that magic happen. Exactly. Exactly. I have loved this conversation. Melanie, I'm wondering, can you tell listeners where we can find you? Sure. 
Um, and I'd love talking to you too, by the way. We, we <laughs> okay, <forever>. cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can go to my website, which is seedtosoul.com.au. So seed as in S-E-E-D-T-O-S-O-U-L. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also on Instagram and I'm also on Facebook, just under Melanie Middags. Excellent. Thank you so much. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes. And I think Melanie has a freebie for listeners as well. So we're going to put that in there. Can you give us a little teaser as to what that freebie is? For sure. It is called a face reading for business masterclass. So basically Mm. it's like a little short course. You can do it in an an hour. And what I do is I take you through each feature of the face and I tell you all about the um, personality traits, what it means, what chakra energy it's related to, um, just so you get a really good snapshot of how you could possibly even read your own face, (laughs) you know, and just see some of the traits that you've got going on for yourself. Excellent. Cool. That's so exciting. And just details right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I've really loved this. And let's see where life takes us and if we can um, come back and have a talk again one day. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Anytime. I'd love to. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Melanie. I have no doubts that this episode has contributed to your understanding of your secret self. If it's activated you, take the next saucy step by sharing and tagging me on Instagram so that together we can create an even bigger impact of women feeling seen, heard and understood.